Blog Talk Radio. Yeah, got a little heat for you right there. Appetite for destruction. Mm-hmm. Time to get it going. You listen to the Real Sports Guys, realsportsguys.com, RSC Renegade Radio. How you like that right there, D-Wills? <laughs> got me. When I was over here, I was about to come out and give you 16 bars, but I just I held back. I held back. I <laughs> you held back. Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> I don't want to get the people that side. yourself a little bit. Contain yourself. Don't want to go Danny Green. Don't want to go Danny Green on him. I can't go the color of money. Can't go the color of money on. <laughs> oh man, oh man. So it's your, it's your host, Marcus, the game changer. I'm in the house with my man, D. Wills. Holla at the people. Man, I, I'm feeling good. Uh, this this is a good time. There's so much happening right now in the world of sports. We got Game Six. You know, you and I were getting hyped before we run here. I mean, this is. You know, this is it. This is this is this is the, this is what we talk about. Uh, this feels like, you know, uh, NBA is at its height right now, and uh, I'm, I'm I'm loving it. And these teams are battling. So, I, and all the other things that are happening. I mean, we even got Hernandez in the in the news. I don't know what's happening on that. He got he got a little gangster paradise going on up there in Massachusetts. What is going on <laughs> with the Patriots? And then the, and then the, then the owner getting ganked. We'll talk about that later. Yeah, uh, yeah we, we like get... to be quiet. Is they in the news a lot? <laughs> Yeah, we, we got to get into it. We got to get into it. There's so much going on. As my man D. Will said, you listen to the Real Sports Guys, realsportsguys.com, RSG, Renegade Radio, the realest radio you're going to get. It's the people's radio. You know, we keep it all the way real. It's barbershop radio at its finest. Tonight, we have a, a, a bang them up, drag them out, knock them down show for you. We're going to talk about the NBA Finals, uh, the first five games, and and give you some some live updates on Game Six. If you DVR in a game, then you might want to take a moment. You know, as a spoiler alert. We'll drop some spoilers um, in case you are DVR in a game. But why are you DVR in this game? You should be watching this live because this is this is big. This is real big. So if we don't get into that, we're gonna talk about the some other moves, potential moves, uh, rumors, in the innuendo and such going on around the NBA with the Clippers, the Celtics, the Lakers. A lot of moving pieces, parts involved in, in, in that particular rumor mill that is uh, going at 100 miles per hour right now. We're also going to talk about uh, Jason Kidd becoming a coach in, in, in Brooklyn. Is that going to work out? Kobe comes out talking about he wants two more cracks at the title. What does that mean? we got our throwback baller of the week. Uh, we're going to drop that on you. Um, we're going to talk about if this, if this past NBA season was a movie, what movie would it be? That's going to be a real live conversation right there. I, I, I'm, I'm excited to get to that part. We're going to get to some NFL talk around 9 o'clock, 9.30. It's 
somewhere in that range. Uh, Vladimir Putin steals. Vladimir Putin steals Bob Kraft's Super Bowl ring. Question mark. That's what's in our outline notes. Because <laughs> where? <laughs> huh? Are you for real? <laughs> They said he was gangster, you know. I think he, I think he was in the, I think he was with the KGB before back in the day, man. So he, always, he got a little gangster in it. He got a gangster. Over, in but if you want to start it back up, I mean, it, it, don't start nothing. Will be nothing. <laughs> y'all ain't as strong as y'all used to be now. Y'all might want to fall back to the Super Bowl uh, ring. But, uh, yeah, but, yeah, but Putin's like I'm still gangster. You know, the yeah. south side of Moscow yeah. is still one of the roughest places in the world. <laughs>
bench players. And San Antonio is one of the few teams in the league that from game to game, a lot of times your bench, particularly if you go on the road, well, you know, the bench is playing at an 80 at home. They'll drop to a 50 on the road in terms of the percentage of production. But San Antonio is one of the few teams that will drop from 80 to maybe 70. <laughs> and it, But yeah, it's still sure. higher than your bench at home, right? And that allows them to stay in games They all it, because people know their role and they know to commit to it. And he's able to make – he's got enough depth where he can keep that bench play and production at that high level. And that puts a lot of stress on you when you rotate. Um, and so this is not only a rite of passage for the Heat players, but also for Spolster as a young coach. He's really got to figure out how he's positioning people and everything else. So I think, you know, it's what they got to go through. And as I watch the series unfold, you know, this is the, really a test for their ability to uh, be a sustainable in terms of these championship runs for the next two to three years, their ability to win this. Yeah, and I think this series, you know, the the Denny Green clip is, is, is perfect for right now um, because these teams are both, they both are who we thought they were. You know, mm-hmm. um, you know, where, where my man Denny They Green are at? who we thought they were. You know, <laughs> and the reason I say that is because when you look at Miami, this is definitely a collection of dudes who, it, it, it's, a, it's a team, you know, you mentioned it about the drop-off. There isn't a lot of drop-off. Um, you know, the, the Spurs are a plateau to Miami. The Miami Heat are a peak. It's real nice up at the top, but there's a steep drop after you get to after, after those first three guys. Whereas with San Antonio, when you're talking about the, the first three guys, you know, Tony Parker's probably the only one who still cracks the top 20 players in the league. Duncan made a push back to get into the top 20 players in the league this season. But historically, over the last couple of years, he's been kind of trending down. So it's a little bit flatter up top with, with the with the uh, with the Spurs, but it, it's a gradual decline through the rest of the roster. You know, and I think that has a tremendous um, that that has been shown in the series. When the Heat stars play well, the Heat are hard to beat because that's what they are. They're a star driven squad. When the role players play well, San Antonio is hard to beat because that's who they are. They're a team that is more so defined by the, their depth. They're defined by the interchangeable pieces that they have within their role plays. You know, it's, it's pick your poison. How do you hide Mike Miller when we can bring in Kawhi Leonard and Danny, and, and Danny Green, who both do the same thing, and we can bring in a Gary Neal, who is also going to be able to attack and score. They have a lot of guys who can score given the opportunity. Mm-hmm. And so – what Miami is used to being able to do is finding that guy you can hide somebody on, finding a Lance Stevenson, where I can just put somebody on him for a little bit, finding a George Hill where I can hide somebody on him, you know, finding those guys, whether it be, you know, stealing a few minutes on a Jimmy Butler or, or you know, uh, Marco Bellinelli or somebody of that nature where you can hide some of those. Because the thing about the Heat that I think people, and, and in, in this series in particular, the Heat are actually the older team. Mm-hmm. By pure numbers, the average age of the Heat is older than the average age of the Spurs when you go through the yep. whole roster. Now, Juwan Howard probably skews that a little bit because he's 77. Um, <laughs> 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 mm-hmm. You might skew that a little bit. <laughs> but 
when you mm-hmm. get once you get past the Heat's big three and their backcourt, they're really not a very athletic team. I mean, outside of Coles, Chalmers is a, is an average athlete for a guard. Um, he's not spectacular. Uh, you know, you got Bron, D Wade, and, and Bosch, who are all really great gifted athletes. Battier is not a great athlete. Uh, Ray Allen is not a great athlete at this point in his career. Neither is Mike Miller. Um, Birdman is Birdman. You know, Haslam has never been an athlete. He's a grinder, but he's never been an athlete. So they're not really outside of those three. You know, we view Miami as this athletic team, but outside of those three guys, they're not really a athletic group of guys. And what San Antonio has done a lot of times, at least in game five, what they did a lot was, you know, all right, you go, I go. You know, who's got the matchup? Who's got the slow-footed guy? You know, where's Mike Miller at? Okay, they take Mike Miller out. All right, where's Norris Cole? Let's go at him. You know, and so they're going at guys um, and just kind of playing the matchups, just saying, hey, you guys can't keep up. You know, outside of LeBron, D. Wade, and, uh, and, and Bosch, you know, you guys can't keep up. Now, why is Danny Green open for another three-pointer? <laughs> I'm sorry. I just don't understand it. It's like, it's like, it's like, I lost my chain of thought because I'm just like, come on. It's like, do we have to do, did nobody run out? Yeah, and it's like, do we have some, do we need to be doing some testing with some of these players? Are they getting it in the classroom? What's going on? You know, you're an educator. Do we need to do an IEP? What do we need to do? <laughs> what do you need to do with these Seriously. guys? To leave them Seriously, open. man. Some of these guys, some of these, again, but it's some of these role players on the Heat who are, just for some reason, you know, again, we view them as a defensively-minded squad, but these are some fundamental defensive lapses. I mean, stop helping. Do not lose track of him. Come on, man. This is some rudimentary stuff, <laughs> rudimentary mistakes that they are making and just leaving a guy wide open. I mean, just stop with it. I mean, come on. I, I, I'm i not understanding, man. I'm not understanding this. So, my bad. I, 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 I got that football right there. Just cause just, I'm watching out. I'm watching the game. You were saying that loud. I was, I was thinking it in my head. I was like, that's like something. I was like, is Seriously. he wide open? <laughs> Seriously. He ran away from nobody, nobody there, nobody talking. This guy had 52 threes in six games. Are you kidding me? And we ain't even at halftime of the sixth game yet. Come on, man. And Ray Allen's on that game. Believe that. Ray Allen, like when he hit the when he hit the record breaker, Ray Allen was like, I can't believe. Can you believe this? Yeah, Ray Allen, Ray Allen, like he swallowed his gum. <laughs> You know, Ray is one of the hardest gum chewers in the history of basketball. <laughs> Ray be murdering pieces of gum during the game. Like, come on, man, lay off. Somebody gonna call the police on you. You know, you got the snob going, chewing on hard. You're gonna have to put together all gum chewer squad. Can't you just chew their gum extra hard? Like the gum did something to him, man. I don't know. Man, it was the finally showed up, which was good. You know, we finally got a Denobi sighting. You know, I thought the Argentinian mafia had to had. I, I was, I, I honestly thought he was shaving points for a minute. Yeah, it's, I'm it's like, man, I ain't going on. Denobi plays this bad. I'm thinking they got somebody down in Argentina. 
they got a family member in a basement or something. You know, as Biggie said, your daughter's tied up in a Brooklyn basement. <laughs> you know, somebody had little little Mano Junior somewhere. I, I couldn't call it with the way he was playing, man. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I was like, oh my goodness. But you know, it was the same thing. I mean, you know, the perimeter defenders were rotating out, letting them get loose. And it's like, let him go to the rim, you know, make him work. And so, you know, uh, but I, I don't know if his game, it, 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 out, it hasn't yet. I don't know if it's going to travel to Miami. You know, he, you know, Mano's like uh, old Dale Dawkins. You know, they're like, yeah, great game. Don't expect that tomorrow. <laughs> you know, yeah. his knees is like, he like my feet, my feet. And so he tried to get in his mix, but I'm, I don't know if he's going to be able to, uh, do it tonight, but yeah, he, he got on his game. Everybody uh, followed. But they got weight on him tonight, so they're not playing no games. You know, they're not playing uh, no games tonight. They got weight on him. Yeah, so looks yeah, like wait, wait, like wait, 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 Yeah, it looks like folks yeah, trying to play the chess match right and trying to trying to cool down some of the hot guys. He's not gonna get beat by the same guys twice, and I I can respect that as a coach. You know, these other yeah. guys are gonna have somebody else is gonna have to give it to me tonight. But um, you know, Pop is Pop is putting on the clinic. Pop is putting on a clinic. You know, he's a uh, – that's definitely an advantage that San Antonio has. And you talked about that, that this is LeBron's – this is this is not only LeBron, but this team. Yep. This is – you know, they haven't had a lot of uh, – and that's another interesting thing about this series. You know, they ha- they haven't – they haven't had – I mean, Dallas beat them. They came back last year. They put it on OKC. And now they come out, and this is a team that you're not going to outsmart. And honestly, they're going they 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 are going to play make you play to your weaknesses the entire time. They don't have those lapses where young teams like OKC can get sidetracked. Westbrook's trying to get hit. They're unselfish. There's no ego. There's no ego to the point where Miami Miami is a. We always talk about how they have rabbit ears as a crew, and they look for emotion. They look to pull motivation. That's why they've been so up and down in this series is that they haven't had any bullets and board material from San Antonio, you know. And unfortunately, this this is a part of LeBron and D-Wade and Bosch's makeup as a crew is that they need that. They need that us-against-the-world mentality. They had that last year, and they ran roughshod over everybody in the playoffs. This year... They don't necessarily have that mentality of we have something to prove. And so, and the Spurs aren't giving them anything. There have been no hard fouls. There's been no trash talk on their part. You know, it's like they're playing reverse Jedi mind tricks. Like, we're just not going to say nothing. See how, Mm -hmm. we're not going to give y'all nothing to react to, and let's see how y'all deal with that. You know? That's right. And for a team like Miami, that's hard because, especially their role players, they draw a certain level of inspiration from, you know, being doubted, from rallying around LeBron when people hate on him, from rallying around D-Wade, you know, from rallying around, you know, Bosh when people are doubting these guys and saying they need to break the team up. They rally, they they, they get they get a boost of, of energy from that, and that's non-existent in this particular series, which I think is, yes. is an interesting kind of a – and it's on purpose. It's not, it's not accidental. Yeah. It's very yep. much on purpose. You know, San Antonio, I, I, you know, Pop, he understands who these guys are, and he understands 
he doesn't need to fuel the fire any more than it already is. And so yeah. let these guys fall asleep from time to time. And it looks like, it seems yeah. to me like that's what he's letting them do. Let's just be quiet. Let these dudes yeah. fall asleep from time to time. And before they know it, we're going to have them beat. The series going to be over. You don't need to poke the bear. Yeah. And the thing about the one thing when you get into a series like this, that the simple lesson that the Heat have to, to know, and if they look at the games they won, the simple answer is, if you play like a star, they can't go to that altitude. The one thing that San Antonio can't do is if LeBron and Flash show up, they have no answer. Right. So the key is, can you go to that dog, and how can you take yourself to that without having to be, to have an external locus of control? See, San Antonio's got an internal locus of control. Bring it down. And that's what you do. We listen to real sports guys. We bring this stuff in. We keep bringing these things together. This kind of education where intersects with sports. But San Antonio has a, as a, as a, has an internal locus of control in terms of motivation and what triggers them to greatness. Whereas Miami has an external locus of control. That's what you've been talking about. And so part of moving this level of greatness is where you can move to that space where regardless of whether or not the noise is coming, you're going for something, and you're going to play at that level. And uh, that's where this is the ultimate challenge, because if they can do that, then they move to a different level psychologically. That it isn't about the noise. It's about it's about pursuing greatness. Yeah, and, and you know, that's always been the knock since they came together. This was a Hollywood team. Now, this was a team that yeah. had a lot of guys who were for show. Yeah. Had a lot of yeah. guys who were for show who were, you know, glitz and glamour, but not a whole lot of grit and grind, you know. Yeah. They could, you know, they couldn't handle being in the grindhouse in Memphis, you know. Yeah. That's not, that's not, that's not what they're about. And so, again, this series, and, and those kind of guys like to bark, you know what I mean? Yep. They like to be loud in the club. You know, they like yep. to, to look at me. You know, and they like to they like to they like to go at the haters. You know, but what happens when the haters aren't there? What happens when you That's don't right. have an army of invisible, you know, adversaries in front of you? Yep. And how do you how do you how do you respond then? How do you respond when nobody's talking about you? You know, yep. how do you respond when nobody's writing about you? You know. Yep. So and I think let me run this let me run this past you real quick. I think what's taking the place of that motivation at this point when you're facing elimination is how are you going to be judged in history? Right. So I think what's good about them facing double elimination that can motivate them that that fits into this kind of external loss of control is how are you going to be judged? And that doesn't become real until you have to face it. <laughs> game six elimination, game seven elimination. When you know, uh, I heard one of the, the, the national ones, Mark Schlers, I talked about this, I thought it was great. He's described the Super Bowls he won when they were the big favorites. Um, and just the mm-hmm. pressure in a way you couldn't really enjoy it in a way it was yeah. when you were underdogs. And, yeah. um, and, and a, a part of this is knowing and what he said, you know, it would be an abject failure if we lost. Like it wasn't like for the other team, if they lost, they would have just lost. So even San Antonio loses, Tim Duncan has four championships. He only lost one of his five tries. 
you know, people don't walk away with that same level of criticism of him. You know, mm-hmm. Mono's got three, Parker's got three, but but the the Heat if they lose that twenty seven game win streak, all this stuff, it's it's a failure. And I think this might be enough to help them focus because of the fear of being judged, because they got those kind of ears. That's the weird thing about being down a double elimination. <laughs> that I think might motivate yeah. them in a weird way. Yeah. Because and again, because of the rabbit ears. Because they're yeah. constantly concerned, they're gonna have to double dunk in the night, man. Timmy's got that look in his eye. He's got that old man looking his eye. Like I got one more in me, young blood. I got one yeah. more in me. Yeah. <laughs> he, 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 look, he, he looking like you know, he been talking to Bill Russell in that commercial. Yeah, <laughs> he, 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 he looked like you know I got this old man move in here, and he said you're not gonna make you know you're not gonna make your uh your your, your legacy on me tonight. <laughs> you know that's kind of how he would have. But Miami coming after him, but the, he, he tell me like I'm in it, I'm in it to win it. Yeah. <laughs> now I want to I want to step back from this particular series and go big picture for a second. And it's starting mm-hmm. to talk about the NBA as a whole. And you have two competing models, two competing mm-hmm. franchise models, um, both built around stars, predicated around stars. But what's interesting is that, you know, San Antonio stuck with their guys and mm-hmm. have tweaked the parts around them over time. Mm-hmm. And, no, they haven't had the, 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 dyn- the dynastic run that some folks have had, but that some teams have had historically who we view as dynasties, but they have sustained a level of excellence over an extended period of time that is practically unrivaled. I mean, unrivaled. I mean, you're talking about the 60 Celtics when you talk about 15-year span when it's 70% of your games with a 700 win percentage. Um, That's pretty ridiculous. And then you have the microwave championship era, which we're in right now, where you have the Celtics come together, instant title, you know, you have what's going on with the Heat, and now you got this situation with the Clippers, where, you know, not only are they trying to get players together, they trade for coaches? They trade for coaches? Is that what we on now? Is that what we on now? You know what I'm saying? Is that is that where we're at? We trade for coaches. Come on. I'm trying to figure out how do you enter that call? You call you call Danny Ainge, and he's expecting to hear Garnett. He's like, Danny, you know, we'd love to entertain Garnett, but is Doc Rivers on the trade? <laughs> you start that conversation with another GM. How do you and how do you know it's a trade? Is it like can I just talk to him? Can you give him a release to talk to me? Like why? When when do we start talking trade? I thought you could just request a release to talk to him. Why does there need to trade? Right. I was trying to read through this. And, and, <laughs> well, and, and here's the other piece. Here's the other piece. You know, so you, you're trying to trade for a coach, which is an interesting phenomenon to begin with, right? And now yeah. the talk is reportedly cooled. And if you're Boston, you're trading your coach. Take what you can get. Why are you asking yeah. for two first-round picks, DeAndre Jordan and Eric Bledsoe? And you're asking them to take Jason Terry's bone contract right now. Come on, Danny. There's a lot of people in this whole Clippers situation I want to slap. And I'm going to give you the list real quick. I want to slap Danny Ainge, all right, for just not taking whatever you can get. It's your coach, all right? 
It's your coach. This is not an asset that you can move. This is not a player. Mm-hmm. It's your coach. If you if if somebody offered you tickets to the opera for Park Rivers, you take them, dog. <laughs> he can leave it. You don't get nothing. <laughs> you know what I mean? And the thing about that, that, that frees you, know. you to move. That, that frees you to move Paul Pierce at some point too. You know because exactly. it's clearly you re, you rebuilding. You know the fans are going to understand that. You know right. so. I, I just, you know, so now what do you do, Danny? Now the Clippers have backed off. Doc's name is Bud in Boston. You know, he, he, the fan base is going to turn on Doc. You know, you can't, you can't keep. You're going to have to let him go. He don't want to be a part of no rebuild. So now you lose him with nothing for nothing. You feel me? He, he let's say he retired. Mm-hmm. Now you lose him for nothing. <laughs> you could have got a, at least a first round pick and DeAndre Jordan. Now you don't get nothing. It's your coach. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's your coach, dog. It's not a player. You're not supposed to get anything back. <laughs> the fact that you were getting anything, you should just take it and run, partner. Take it and run. Put your ski mask back on and run out the bank. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because whatever you get, you're robbing these cats. You're robbing fools. Whatever you would have got from the Clippers, you're robbing fools. So that's the first person I want to smack is, is, is Danny Ames. The next person I want to smack is several people I want to smack. The Clippers management, all of them need to just line up so I can slap them all at once. Y'all trying to trade for a coach? Y'all even entertain that? <laughs> I mean, like, y'all actually entertain the idea of giving up first-round draft picks for a coach? <laughs> Come on, with the coaches man. That you have, with the, the coaches that you have out there that you could be working with, it, it's crazy, it, man. It's not even that, man. Listen. Like, just let Doc do what he's going to do and then see what's up. That's right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Let it happen and then see what's up. And I know they're trying to keep CP3 and everything, but come on. Come on, fellas. Come on. So the, the Clippers brass needs to be slapped. Now, the next person that needs to get slapped in my on my list is Chris Paul. And Chris Paul has just moved um, on my list. He is See? Uh, he, he I'm I'm he's in a different category for me now because See? you know I I, I mean, have, I mean, this, is I, this is how I viewed Chris Paul. I viewed Chris Paul as a cold blooded cat who wanted to win games at all costs. Right? A, a serious competitor, a student of the game. This cat is on some old friendship basic kind of stuff. And I can't ride that. <laughs> You know, him and Dwight Howard got a little friendship bracelet together, and they want to play together. And the organization, again, they need to be slapped again. Here's the second round of slaps for the Clippers organization. You're actually entertaining trading Blake Griffin. Now, I'm not saying Blake Griffin is an untouchable player. For the right trade, you trade Blake Griffin if you can get the right kind of guy. The reason I'm upset with Chris Paul is because everything I've read about the issues between him and Blake have been around Blake's drive. Blake's focus, Blake's lack of shooting ability, Blake's free throw shooting. And all Blake wants to do is dunk and get highlights. Dang it, Dwight Howard is the same dude. It's the same dude, but you're friends with Dwight. So it's okay if he does, if he doesn't have any drives, if he doesn't have any focus, if he can't shoot from the perimeter and he can't shoot free throws, and all he wants to do and does is dunk. They're the same guy, but Blake has upside. Dwight's in his 10th year. Why would you even entertain that? Why would CP3 even lobby for that? Why would they even be having that kind of a conversation? 
in the end, they're, they're all the same dude except Dwight has six or seven more years of tread on his tires. So, again, for me, this is this is your boy, and you want to play with your boy, and and and, to, and you throwing other people in your on your team, just throwing current teammates under the bus to play with a guy who is flaky as all get out, who is wishy washy as all get out. That's a bad look for CP3, in my opinion. So he needs to be slapped. He needs to be slapped extra hard. So those are my people to be slapped. Now, the people who nah, are there, hold on, I got, I, I, I got to finish, let me finish my, go ahead, go, go. I'm going to let you no, go. No, you, you say, you're going to wrap another clip with, no, 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 no I'll let you go, because I, I would call that earlier on CP3, and they, well, I, you know, earlier on, I wasn't a CP3 fan. It was something about it. Early on, I, y'all got on me. I said, let me watch this cat deeper. But I'm going I'm to come on back. I'm going to let you do your thing. Like, I, so you on a roll, man. I'm, I'm going to still be, I'm feeding you like, like we feed Vinny. Because you got your role right now. We're about to take this championship from Portland. Go ahead and do that. All right, all right. So, so, here's, so, here's the other, so here's the other side of the coin. So those are the cats that need to be slapped. Now, the cats that need to be put on watch and put on alert right now. Rajah Rondo. Um, oh, what was that? Some feedback. Some feedback. Let's, let's take care of that. But Rajah Rondo, double R, Rajah Rondo, you need to be put on watch, all right? He's going to get traded. Rondo's going to get traded. He needs to put his house up for sale, put the sale sign out front, pull his kids out of school, you know, start looking at start looking at different locations because he's going to get moved. Because, again, if the sticking point in this that prevented this trade was uh, Eric Bledsoe, the, the Celtics are, are in a position where they're trying to move on. They're trying to go elsewhere. Um, and I don't think – they want to hand the keys to the franchise over to Rajon Rondo because of his attitude, because of his demeanor. He's just not that guy. He's great when he's your third best guy, but when he's your lead dog, when he sets the tone for your organization, you don't want that. So Rajon Rondo, you're on notice. Uh, the other guy who needs to be on notice is Blake Griffin. Dog. Um, yeah. It's time. It's time. You know, the, the slippers the slippers off, Cinderella. And, you know, you got to show and prove that you are more than just a dunker. And that's what it boils down to. And so this situation is real interesting because there are a lot of levels. I understand what the Celtics are trying to do by getting something for their coach. Because <laughs> if you can do that, you do that in a heartbeat. Um, but the fact that, you know, the deal stalled because they were asking for too much, it's just a dumb move, man. You just blew, you just blew an opportunity. Because uh, you, you're not supposed to get anything for your coach. So, again, anything you get, if you got a second-round pick with Doc Rivers, you take it. Um, and, and, but the idea that – but I get it. Bledsoe with Avery Bradley in the backcourt, that's probably one of the best defensive backcourts you could have in the league. They're both young, both on rookie deals. You can you add that with Jeff Green and DeAndre Jordan. And you got the building blocks of a nice, cool, a, a defensive-minded squad. You just need to find somebody who can score. And that's where you trade Rondo. You move Rondo, and now you can try and pick up a score, pick up a guy who can create his own shot to go with these elite defenders, and now you're back in business because you got Sullinger coming back. You still got Jason Terry on the books, so you got something coming off the bench. You know, so I see what they're trying to do. But in the end, I think they blew it. They missed an opportunity. Um, And... 
they missed the opportunity to take advantage of the Clippers being the Clippers and doing dumb stuff. You're going to trade for no coach. That's all, man. I'm done. I'm done. You just don't do that. You just don't do that. You don't trade for no coach. He wills. It's all you, man. It's all you. Man, you you, you went off on him. But, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm with you that uh, you, you can't, you can't trade for the coach. It just it shows a sense of desperation. Uh, even after you already uh, have thrown Chris Paul under the bus, put him out there, uh, you know, that becomes an issue uh, altogether. And so uh, it, it says a lot about they haven't quite uh, articulated their vision on what they want to do. I would say that Doc Rivers, if they could get him, would be a great coach for them. He would stabilize oh, I, them. I agree with that. I absolutely but, agree but, with that. But I, I think, like you said, there are other avenues to get because there's obvious issues in Boston. Uh, they're not going to have a – I think they're having problems signing him. You know, he doesn't want to be part of a rebuilding. So, like you said, he, he's probably going to be open at some point. But, um, you know, that's not something you need to, you, you need to do. Um, but, uh, you know, your point about and, – and, and, and I've been saying this about Blake – is that Blake has got to become more of a go-to move in the post. He's got to have that. Uh, he's got to develop that aspect of the game because that is not you're not going to win the playoffs, particularly in the West, in the foreseeable future, if you can't make the game easy for you in the playoffs. And and, and I think that's something that he's got to take on as a challenge for himself in whether he's ready to grow at that level. He needs to be getting into the line of people lining up for a Lajuan and going to do his work. And so that's something he's got to do, <laughs> or they got to find a way to get that low post scoring. Uh, but they got to do it because in the playoffs you got to find easy ways to score. If you watch San Antonio, every once in a while, I mean, what they're able to do, they go to dunk and it's just like all night. It makes it easy and efficient when you got somebody. You at some point you, if you don't do it, he gonna eat up all night. LeBron yeah. going down that block when he plays down there. At some point you got to make the game easy, and so you open up the threes, and so he can do that, and it's gonna it's gonna prolong his career. Because it comes to the point where you can't jump over everybody. <laughs> you can't, you know, people yeah. meeting you at the rim. And the leg injuries he's been having, that stuff can happen to him overnight. So he's already got to start preparing for the day where he can't out-athletic everybody. And and that's yeah. something that I agree with. Chris Paul has got to continue to work on. I, I mean, you know, I came over to Chris Paul this year. I was always trying to figure him out. Um and uh, I was, you know, I was riding because y'all gave it to me. But watching this stuff that he's trying to do over here with with with, uh, with D twelve and all that stuff, it's a lot of crazy. Yeah, so, man, it's just it's just too it's just too Power Rangerish, man. I ain't got time for that. <laughs> we got we got Justin Page in the house though. Justin, the man. Justin, how you feeling, man? What you what you got? What, what, how you feeling about this conversation, man? We talking about the Clippers and this whole CP three Dwight Howard. Uh, Doc Rivers, this whole fiasco they got going on out there in L.A. and Boston, man. What's up? Well, he was well, out on Twitter. He was out on Twitter. He was out on Twitter. Y'all better follow him. Let, let people know they can catch you because I know you're still on Twitter. You can catch you me in. at RSG Justin Page. You can catch me at Justin Page 80. It's all me. It's all official. Uh, here I am trying to watch the game in peace and, and, and focus on uh, being a true fan and listen to the real sports guys. I, I done muted my TV because I, I was hanging on every word y'all was saying. So big ups to the real sports guys. And, and 
I got a slap list now. And D will and uh, game changer, you may be on number one. You you may be first on the list with your Chris Paul comment. You are absolutely absurd with your with your commentary against the great Chris Paul, the number one point guard in the game right now. Chris Paul has every What's right absurd? to be doing. I'm sorry. What's absurd about it? Chris Paul has every right to be doing what he's doing right now, and if you really look at it, he's not doing anything. He did have a slight dust up with management because they they he felt that the the Clippers wronged him by by saying he's the reason they fired Vinny Del Negro when all he essentially he said I don't want to have anything to do with it. And you can't fault Chris Paul, the best point guard well, in the game. Uh, okay, let me address that point. Let me address that point. So I, I dig that. It wasn't Chris Paul's fault. In the same way that it's like, yo, you know, it's like they put Chris Paul in the room. And it was like, Chris, um, you know, if you press this button, you could save Vinny's job. If you don't press the button, we're going to fire him. But you ain't got to press the button. But if you don't press it, we're gonna fire him. If you do press it, he'll stay. And Chris Paul said, "Well, I'm, just, I'm not. I'm. I don't. I don't really care either way. So I'm just gonna walk out the room." So no, he didn't fire him, but he didn't save him. He didn't say keep him either. <laughs> he, he, he remained neutral. He remained neutral. Right. His, his right. But what I'm saying was, is, he wanted Vinny, but in, in his neutrality, he kind of said he didn't approve of Vinny because it feels uh, like, yo, this is that, my guy. But this is my guy. I'm gonna keep him. I want to say, no, nah, keep Vinny. I like Vinny. I want Vinny to stay. No, nah, I think that, that's where you got it wrong. I think that's where you got it exactly wrong. The man said, "I don't want any parts of that. I don't want to be like Dwight Howard and be and D. Wills named the coach killer. I don't want to be like LeBron and switch teams. I just want management to do their job. Right. You, but what job, I'm saying is, you know, like he said, he said that because he was because he was going to say. I don't want Vinny back. Because if he would have said he wanted Vinny back, Vinny would have been back. But he went neutral because he didn't have nothing good to say. It was the whole your, what your mama told you when you was little. You ain't got nothing good to say, don't say nothing at all. How can you not respect that? And that's where 63 that? went. How can you not I'm not mad that? at that. I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at that. Well, then let me move on. He can't. He then can't come out and be like, well, I ain't had nothing to do with it. You're right, he didn't have nothing to do with it. He also didn't have nothing to do with keep, the man keeping the job either. <laughs> Exactly. You had nothing to do with him firing. You had nothing to do with him saying. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's one of those things. A vote of confidence. You know, either way is, is if you want him, then you're gonna say you want him. If you don't want him, then you're gonna say nothing. So you don't want him. No, either way, either way, you're damned if you do. You're damned if you don't. The man was smart enough not to say nothing. Know why? Because he's not in management. That's, that's management decision. You're looking at it one way. He's looking at it. <laughs> He's saying, if I want this guy, I'm gonna I'm gonna piss off the organization. If I say I don't want this guy, I'm gonna piss off the fans. I don't want to be in it at all. I'm just a ball player. You guys do your jobs, and that describes the the the, the front office mess that the Clippers has been for their entire vein of their existence. The Clippers have right. been a laughing stock in Los Angeles until but, Chris Paul. But Justin, Justin. But let me let me let me let I want to clarify something. I want to clarify something real quick. I want to clarify something real quick. I'm not upset. I'm not. I don't have a problem with Chris Paul. If he is behind the scenes steering the organization, that's not what I have a problem with. If he, if you got leverage, use your leverage. As an adult, as as an athlete in particular, 
but as an adult professionally, period, you only have a certain amount of years to maximize your earning potential. And whatever leverage you have, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't fault anybody for using that leverage. My thing is, and the reason I say slap Chris Paul is because don't advocate for Dwight Howard. Don't jump on that bandwagon. See, and that's my problem. That's my problem. If you hadn't cut me off, that was my next point. Okay. All right, you go. Next point. You sitting here bad-mouthing Dwight Howard like he's Blake Griffin. No, he's not. Dwight Dwight had a bad back and a broken shoulder and averaged double the rebounds Blake Griffin averaged. Dwight single-handedly took a, a horrific Orlando Magic team to the finals. Dwight Howard is the single best big man we've seen in the last six years in the NBA. If, if you if you dare to compare Dwight Howard and Blake Griffin, your, your, your stripes and your reputation as a basketball genius and RSG should be stricken from you. And I hate to say that because I respect your opinion so much. Dwight, you, you've had a bad rap for Dwight Howard for years now. We talked about it day in and day out. When I told you if – the the modern day dream team had Dwight Howard. They could give uh, uh, the dream team ninety two a run for their money, and your only reason behind it was that, that David Robinson and Patrick Ewing would have ate Dwight Howard up in the post. You always find a way to come at Dwight Howard, but you don't look at the fact that Dwight Howard averaged twenty and twelve. I mean seventeen and twelve with a with a, with a, a, a surgically repaired back that wasn't healed and, and a torn labrum in his shoulder. You get this guy no credit, and he's. He's undoubtedly the, the single best big man in the game right now. That's Are my you issue with you saying. Why wouldn't yeah, you, would, as the best point me, guard in the game, on a team up with the best center in the game? I'll you got everybody else teaming up. Why not join on board? You give me. And how's that working for? How's that working out for Howard? Miami? How's this teaming up working out for Miami? They've been in the champion in the finals three years in a row on their way to a repeat. Three years in a row. That's how it's working out. Three years in a row. But they're in losing the to a team. They're losing to a team who's been together, who's got What's chemistry. Score right whatever, now? What's whatever, score right whatever. Now? The, What's the score the, right the now? Spurs are up. It's the half. The Spurs are up by six. I like my money on Miami. <laughs> but this is what this is this is what I wanted to say about Dwight. All right, I get it. Dwight's the best center in the game. I'm not taking that away from him. But. This is this is my analogy for Dwight. Just like you I had Kobe with the water hose analogy. Yeah. You I get don't, him backhand like, like I do James Harden. I mean, and, and, player, and, and it is backhand credit because I don't think it means a whole lot to be the best center in the game in, in, in 2013. But what That's I will say is this. This is what I'm going to say, all right, is Dwight Howard being the best center in the game is like – in in the in the when when guns were invented, all right. When guns when when gunpowder was just harnessed, when firearms were just invented, that one dude who still had that cold sword and was like, "Yo, man, I got the best sword out. I got the best sword out here." But everybody else is like, "Yo, we got muskets, dog. We got muskets." You know what I'm saying? Well, yeah, you got the best sword, but ain't nobody using them no more. Yeah, that's a hot sword. That is the coldest sword I ever seen. But I got a gun. You know what I'm saying? So I want you to use like that same analogy where James Harden with a second best two guard in the NBA. Still, you can Mr. still work a cat with, with a sword. It can go both ways, young man. A sword is still very deadly, but it's still a sword against the gun. As is Dwight Howard. I'd rather have Dwight Howard ten times over James Harden. You said James Harden is James the second Harden. best two guard in the league. Yeah, James Harden. James Harden carried a much worse team. James Harden carried a much worse team to the playoffs 
you got what Dwight Howard had. Dwight Howard carried his team to the finals. He had Rashad Lewis who can't even get off the bench. No, I'm talking he about this season. He had Rashad Lewis who can't even get off the bench. I'm talking about this season. I'm talking about this season. Dwight averaged I'm talking about 12 this rebounds. He awesome. 12 averaged 12 rebounds. Can you play him in the fourth quarter? Can you play him in the fourth quarter? Can you play him down yeah. the stretch of a, of Any a smart coach game? would. Bill Jackson would. Stan Van Gundy mm. did. And he got success. Mm. Mm. Phil Jackson didn't even play Shaq down the stretch. I take Shaq over the white any day. Everybody would. That's that's non debatable. What I'm saying is you treat Shaq out like he's a, in at the end of the game. You treat Dwight like he's a second class citizen and you want to slap Chris Paul for Chris Paul for yes, wanting because, to team up with him. And the reason I, I want to slap Chris Paul because he wants to team up with Dwight is because of the reasons he has criticism the criticism that Chris Paul everything that I've read, the criticism that Chris Paul has of Blake Griffin is the same thing that people criticize Dwight Howard for. Nah, and that's, what, that's so. what I'm saying. Dwight Howard may be a better player, but what I'm saying is from Chris Paul's perspective, they boys, and that's his boy. But if you're looking at it from when he tries to talk, when, when the issues between him and Blake are, Blake doesn't isn't focused, Blake doesn't have the drive, Blake needs to develop a jump shot, he can't shoot free throws, all those things are the same things people say about Dwight Howard. Kobe would say the same Blake thing about it. Dwight right today. Kobe Blake would say the same thing about Dwight Howard Blake right, doesn't, right Blake. today. Blake is not a center. Blake doesn't rebound the Wait, basketball. It's not about Chris being a center. Chris Paul has played with play. Dwight Howard. Chris Paul has play, played with Dwight Howard. He understands. And that's what it takes about. rebounds. To, that's what, what it's about. Say? Boys. No rebounds, no rings. Dwight rebounds that's the basketball. That's what it's about. They're boys. They're no, boys. it's not. It's about Dwight being able to rebound. You can get a rebound. You can get a rebound. Reggie Evans is a great rebounder. You can pick him up off the scrap heap. You can go get Reggie Evans if you want rebounding. Oh my gosh! You got to be kidding me now! You you gonna throw my hawk my hawk in there, Ivan Johnson too? Hey, you gonna go get him? He he border. He a beast on the glass. <laughs> nah, your boy's a beast on the was. glass. If that's it's, what it's about, nah, he's gonna have Dwight and KG under KG's leadership. Dwight is gonna become something that you never could have expected. I think Dwight's all right without KG. Well, why didn't that happen under Kobe's leadership? Because Kobe's an asshole. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said hey, that. Hey, man, we on the radio, dog. We, we on the air. I'm, I'm the biggest Kobe fan. Come on, Justin. I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have said that. I need to watch my language. And, uh, NBA players are cussing far worse hey, than players. You won't edit tonight. You won't edit tonight. <laughs> I called it. I called it. Not it. Not it. <laughs> I, I, I caught myself as soon as I said it, but it was too late. <laughs> yeah. Kobe, we are Kobe's trying to maintain to a family with. atmosphere. Kobe's a hard <laughs> teammate to get along with. He he requires quite a bit, just like MJ did. And and nobody in the league today carries the same weight that MJ does, so they can't demand that kind of respect. Like, Kobe expects greatness at all times, whether it's in the weight room, whether it's in the practice floor, whether it's off the court whether it's in the film room, whether it's on the court. So, you know, Kobe's a different animal. Chris Paul, he understands Dwight. And him and Dwight, I think they have the 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 relationship, they have the 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 you know, they play together for the for the uh the new dream team is what I like to call them, and I think they have the rapport that could that's a recipe for success. And, and, and you might and be right. right. But this is the thing, this is the thing with CP3 that I'm seeing now is that First he was wanting to be team up with Melo. Now he wants team up with Dwight. Come on, dog. 
You, yeah, you, you want to get on board? He's cool with LeBron. He's cool with D-Way. He's cool with Bosh. He, he's getting left behind. And that's he's what I'm saying. What, what Bush say, no man left behind? <laughs> so no then he need to get behind? cool with Blake. Get cool with your actual teammate. Get cool with the guy you actually play with. You cool with all these other. He's made Blake. You got to think, Blake's only two years Blake. deep real rap. Blake was hurt the first year. Blake is still developing. Notice exactly. the Clippers want to keep Blake. They exactly. want to keep Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, Dwight Howard. That's what that's what they, they're not going to get. They're not going to get Dwight. They're not going to get Dwight and keep Blake. It's just not going to happen. The money won't work. That the money that's, won't work. That's what the Clippers are pushing for. There's always a way. That, I think. Karan I think Butler in the dream world, the Clippers, the Clippers will Karan, want that. He only Karan Butler's only eight million a year. They got to clear at least twenty to get Dwight. 15 to 20, they got to clear to get Dwight. DeAndre Jordan, Karan Butler, Eric Bledsoe, done. Who's taking that? If I'm the Lakers, I do because they're going to lose Dwight for nothing. The Lakers don't want to be there. You know how the Lakers It's clear that Dwight doesn't want to be there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So they need to get assets now that can make them a contender. Okay, okay. So while we got you in the house, Justin, what you think about what you think about Jason Kidd in Brooklyn. Is that going to work? You know what? I'm I'm on the fence. And that's not that's not even a position I like taking. You know, I'm definitive. Yeah, you can't be uh, on the fence on RSG, man. I got I got I almost got choked out <laughs> being on the fence one show. Man. <laughs> that's right. We, we allow, we allow I, I that fence stuff. You can't be on the fence because I think that if anybody can do it, he can do it. But I just don't think that one he shouldn't have been able to to Super Mario jump Brian Shaw, uh, uh, Lionel Hollins, who who just who was a proven coach. You know, there's guys out there that I think had the experience and had the the same not the same pro career, but have have played the game that understand from a coaching perspective what it takes to win. You know. Mark Jackson sat in the booth for seven years and analyzed the game, critiqued the game through and through, which is why he had success. Jason Kidd has never took a step back and looked at it from a coach's perspective. He's only looked at it from a player's perspective. So I don't know that he's going to have instant success because he's already in a challenging environment. His only Mm -hmm. thing is he has the talent to win a championship right now. I'm here to tell you that's false. But with his owner's expectations – I think he, Jason Kidd got himself into a bad situation because if he's not successful in his first six months, he's already proven that he'll fire a guy, you know, willy-nilly. He fired Avery Johnson at training camp down there. <laughs> so if you ask me, if I'm Jay Kidd, I learn a little bit. I take a step back. I'm an assistant coach for a little while. I learn my craft. I, 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 Jason Kidd doesn't even have a staff. He just hired uh, 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 Lawrence Frank, who was his head coach in New Jersey. So you hired a guy that you played under and you couldn't get the job done. So I don't know that he's he's set up for success right now. I think he can be a good coach. I think he has the skills and the ability to be a good coach. I don't think he has the the leadership to be set up for success. I think his roster is limited. I think his coaching staff is limited, and I don't think he 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 hasn't learned how to be a coach yet. 
and I think that's what's going to daunt him. But I think if anybody can do it, it's him, and that's why I'm on the fence. What you think, D. Will? I mean, are he and Darren Williams going to get along? You know, I think the problem is, uh, and I think Jason can do this because he has a maturity. The question is on Darren's side is that they've had a friendship, they've golfed, but it's different when you're the coach. And there's some expectations. And what bothers me about Darren is that he's gotten what I see as some very good coaches fired, and he can't say he can do it. But, he's again, when you don't speak up, you don't fight, and you just start, that's the name of the game today. This is a player's league. And if you don't speak up, then the coach is not going to be held on to. So being quiet or neutral, all you superstars out there, let me be clear. If you're neutral or quiet, that means they're getting fired. I'll tell you that now, so I don't want to hear it happening in the future. So make sure you listen to the RSG. So I think that relationship is going to be important in having folks around him. Um, I think I think he's got the pieces to be successful. I think he's smart enough to utilize. Where Lawrence Frank was really good, was at a top-notch assistant, managing things like the defense and doing some different stuff, and I think he's smart enough to do that. Um, if he can get – if he can – the most important player for him to work on, I think he can really work on it there. Because he's the one person that can get on Darren and, and talk to him about what it takes to be – to go to the next level. The, the key is, is is Darren at a level where he can handle that criticism because Avery was that person who's played in the championship. But I think there's something about – uh, about Jason that I think Darren will listen to. He's got all the he's got the pieces. They'll spend the money. They'll do what they need to do. And he's he's homegrown. He's family for the for the Nets. So you know, in a way, they're going to try to do everything they can to help him be successful. And so I think I think somebody put out I don't know who who put out that stuff. Somebody put out something that that he was going to be playing in. He's going to be coaching a year or two years. I, I'm, I don't know if I'm going to get that far, but I think that he'll have success because I think. He'll understand his weaknesses, and I think some of these coaches—that's one of the problems. Some of the problems is they don't know what they're not good at, <laughs> and they're trying to do that. And and I think he, he's aware of his weaknesses, and he's going to put the kind of coaches around him to help him think about managing that process. So I would say I think he's going to be successful uh, in in winning. That I think he can get them to winning, you know, fifty games. Does that mean that they go to the championship? I don't know if that's early. They, they got to give him four years, five years. They got to give him four years to do it, and that's the biggest question. And that's not about him. That's more about what Justin just said about the owner. <laughs> you know, I, I think if they give him four years, he'll figure it out. But if they're not dedicated yeah. to him for at least four years, then he's not going to have that success. The problem is yeah, D. Will is going to be dedicated to him. D. Will, that's his, that's his boy. Like, D. Will respects J. Kidd. He looks up to him as a mentor. He's going to be able to get J. Kidd, I mean, D. Will, under wraps. It's everybody yeah. else. But I think if D. Will follows and everybody, you get your superstar and everybody else falls in line. That's pretty much yeah, how it yeah, I, 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 I'm leaning towards it's not going to work. Um, and, again, I don't think I'm necessarily be J. Kidd's fault. Um, I just think there's unrealistic expectations out there in Brooklyn right now. And you know you got you got a guy coming fresh off the bench as a player to being a coach. He's got to have an excellent staff. 
Um, that's really what's going to make or break Jason Kidd is his staff. Uh, Jason Kidd is a coach. Uh, it's his staff because um, he's going to have to have some guys who are going to see some things that he may miss just from the technical standpoint of coaching. You know, not the Jason Kidd knows the game. We know that. Dude's one of the most cerebral basketball players ever, period. He knows basketball, but there's also a technical piece of coaching, when to call timeouts, how to, how to maximize rest for your, you know, for your, for your, uh, for your uh, star players. How to you know how to you know get the right match? How to you know finesse the right matchups? You know how to, all those little things that as a coach that those little technical pieces of coaching that you have to figure out, um, and that happen over time. You know he's gonna he's gonna have to have uh, some guys on his on his bench who are gonna be able to to see some of that and, and foreshadow some of those things for him out there. Um, but game changer, I would say that's the reason why he chose Lawrence Frank because I think, to me, I, I thought Detroit gave up too quick on Lawrence. But one of the things I think Lawrence is really good at is that technical, lining up. I think he hired him first to work with him on assembling that staff. And I, I, and I think some of those things, so his smart move was getting Lawrence Frank, who I think would be really good in terms of, the operation side in terms of as he's building his staff, thinking through those pieces he needs. So I think that's somebody he trusts, and I think that's something that Lawrence Frank does really well. And so that part for him, I think his first move with Lawrence will help to address some of that. And some of that you're just going to be able to have to do when you live through it. But I believe he's one of the few players in the last five, six years of his career was operating on that level for coaches on the floor, thinking through those, being part of the development of the game plan, I think he was paying attention to that. I think he'll – I think through the first season, he'll stumble a little bit at, at points. But I think he's the one guy I think is that is – plays at such a level cerebrally that I think he can make that type of transition. The management of practices and things like that, I think that's where Lawrence Frank will help him. Okay. Yeah. So, here, here, so we've been talking about a lot of stuff around the NBA – and the season seems to be winding down. We're down to the last two basketball games of the season, which hurts my heart. I know for you guys as basketball fans, it hurts your heart. So, Justin, this week in the notes, we put out there the question, all right? If this NBA season was a movie, what movie would it be? Ooh. So, I, yeah, yeah, that's a good one, ain't it? <laughs> so I'm going to talk to D. Wills because he says he has a good one, I'm a, and then I'm going to unveil mine. So what you got, D. Wills? This would be Rocky Balboa, the last movie, when Antonio Carver mm. played Mason the Lion Dixon. Uh-huh. And the movie starts off pinning kind of these great boxers against each other. And, 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 and Antonio, who played Mason the Lion Dixon, was really how does he compare to the rest of the great fighters of all time? And that's where kind of Rocky Balboa kind of came up in terms of comparing them. And it's and this, this, the movie kind of builds up. But I think the greatest the line that kind of signifies this in a way for this season is when Mason was talking to Martin, who was his mentor and his trainer. And, and Martin comes out and he, he says to him, you got everything money can buy except what it can. It's pride. Pride has got your boot out here, and losing is what brought you back. But people like you, they need to be tested. They need a challenge. And then Mason says, but you know that ain't never going to happen. 
There ain't no there ain't no anybody out here out there, Martin. And then Marty comes back, and this is a line that really defines the season when we're talking about game six. Is he says, there's always somebody out there, always. And when that time comes and you find something standing in front of you, something that ain't running, ain't backing up, is hitting you and you're too damn tired to breathe, you find that situation on you, that good, because if that's baptism under fire, Oh, you get through that, and you find the only kind of respect that matters in this world, self-respect. This season was all about that for the Heat. And the Heat represent um, uh, Mason and Lyon Dixon. And what we're looking at here in game six is they found an opponent that ain't backing down, that's going to keep coming. And the question is, are they going to battle through to that point where it's not about the external locus of control, but it's about their battling this because it's about self-respect. That was deep. Man, <laughs> man. So good, baby, baby. Man, that I had to drop deep. a biggie on that one. <laughs> wow. Dude, I can't even go out there. I should have went first. I can't follow that. You, you can't even I should have went first. <laughs> <laughs> If you can't come up with it, and that was, and that I'm just going like to drop mine. I'm just going to drop mine and keep it moving. I'm just going to drop mine and keep it moving. Uh, I have blue chip. <laughs> oh, my God. I was thinking the same thing while he was speaking. I was thinking blue chip. I had blue chip. I had blue chips. Got a bunch of cats come together trying to make it happen. It winds up not working out for a lot of reasons. Uh, I'm just going to leave it. I, I had blue chips. I'm done. <laughs> Just Let me just chime in. Let me just chime in. I, I I I swear on everything I own and love. I was thinking as he was talking, if I got to pick a movie, it's Blue Chips, and LeBron is the guy that's throwing the game. <laughs> what was his name? Tony. What was his name? Tony. Number twenty-five. Tony. LeBron is Tony right now, <laughs> and that's why I was thinking Blue Chips. <laughs> Oh, man, love it, love it, man, love it, love it, love it, love it. So we're going to keep it rolling. Uh, we're going to get into some NFL talk. You're listening to The Real Sports Guys, realsportsguys.com, RSG, Rich Gay Radio. But before we get into NFL, i got to give our throwback player of the week. Throwback player of the week, Clifford Robinson. Big Cliff, big Cliffy, the three-point three shooting big. And the reason I chose Cliff Robinson uh, is because that's who Chris Bosh has become. <laughs> I'm watching Chris Bosh play, and I'm like, man, this dude is Chris Robinson. He's Cliff Robinson. If you're not familiar with Cliff Robinson, he played for the Blazers, the Suns, uh, the Blazers during the early 90s, you know, when they battled with the Bulls, six foot ten, out of UConn, great shooter from the perimeter. Um, and, and unfortunately, I don't know if he's evolved or devolved, but Chris Bosh has become Chris Robinson, in my opinion. That's what the brother is right now. So that's why we chose Cliff Robinson, man. Great, a good, a good historical player. A very unique game. Um, was one of those six ten stretch one one of the, one of those early guys who was a stretch four. You know, who could play power forward, but then push it out to the three and, and really shoot the ball from the perimeter. Guys like him, Sam Perkins. Uh, a guy like Brad Lowhouse, you know, from the, from the Bucks back in the day, 
cats like that, deadlift strength, we used to step out 16 and above and, and stroke the three-point. Um, and that's really what uh, Chris Barnes has become. I know that's what they didn't they didn't sign up for that. <laughs> He's not getting Cliff Robinson money, that's for sure. But uh, that's who that, that's what I'm seeing a lot of lot, lot of in Chris Bosh's game right now. So you guys got any any thoughts on Cliff Robinson? I absolutely do, but I'll let D I'll let uh, D Wills go because you better be careful. I want to feel like I you better be take careful. over the show. I want to feel like I took over the show, man. That but I got to read. I got to read behind Chris Bosh's demise. <laughs> well, <laughs> don't let D Wills go first, man. He's killing the mic tonight. <laughs> <laughs> what, what I would say, what I loved about uh, Chris, and one of the things, the stats that you, you know, he was the tallest person to have over a, a thousand uh, three-pointers until Dirk did it. Um, but the one thing about Cliff that I hope Boss will learn is that Cliff still had dog in his game. He still would throw your stuff off the glass. Defensively, he still was a presence. He had a, he had a swag to him. Uh, you know, those Portland teams were – if they were gonna if they were gonna beat you in the court, they like they beat you in the alley. <laughs> they, they had more cats on that squad that were it looked like they didn't fight. But I love I love Cliff, man, and uh, 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 in the way he played, the energy he brought, um, and really kind of continued to solidify that six man role in a very deep Blazer squad. And even as he he went on to play with uh, Phoenix uh, and everything else, uh, he always. Uh, Came, I always saw him as a guy that always came to play. Um, and I really liked that. Even though he shot the three-pointer, there's a whole bunch of other things he did. Um, he was always engaged in the game. And he was the kind of cat that you couldn't have on the floor. You know, he was a two-way player. Whereas some of these three-point players are one-way guys. They, they're, they, they, are, uh, they space it as a stretch, stretch four or five, and they don't give you much more. Cliff gave you other elements of the game. Yeah, love love it. Uh, Justin, what you got? Are, are y'all serious right now? Are y'all kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> are y'all really talking about Cliff Robinson? Cliff Robinson, it, I, I don't have the stats to back it up, but I don't believe Cliff Robinson ever averaged a double-double. I think that comparing a guy like Bosh, who, who is an arguable first ballot Hall of Famer, one-time champion, which we can't say the same for Cliff Robinson. Like, how could you disgrace this man to to call him Cliff I'm just saying that's what we play like right now. I'm just saying that's what we playing like right now. You know why? You know why? Because he's playing with a guy like LeBron James who thinks it's all about Euro ball. He's the Mike Bicker of of, of, (laughs) – of, of NFL football. He's playing you said it already. He's Tony. He's Tony. Le- LeBron has <laughs> diminished the talents of D. Wade and Chris Bosh because he dominates the basketball. He He's the Boston Celtics' Ray John Rondo. He wants to make every play. He he dribbles the ball and he passes so he can get the assist, so he can stack up the – he can rack up the stats, so he can score the points. It's not about – it shouldn't be about that. Cliff Robinson, he, he made it. Uh, impact playing with Clyde the Glide, Jerome Kersey, and them boys because everybody shared the basketball. But LeBron dominates the basketball so much, he found a way to make two two NBA All-Stars worse. If you look at both D-Wade and Chris Bosh, no, no, hear me out, hear me out, hear me out. 
if you look at LeBron's numbers from his Cleveland days to now, they've remained consistent. If you look at D-Wade's numbers since he's got with LeBron, his points have gone down, his attempts have gone down, his assists have gone down, his rebounds have gone down. If you look at uh, uh, Bosh, his rebounds have gone down, his shot attempts have gone down, his shooting percentage has gone down because they draw up plays for LeBron. Bosh used to be a double-double guy, but now that they got him playing on the perimeter, which y'all fault him for, I fault Spolstra. I fault, I fault Spolstra. Spolstra and, and LeBron for for Chris Bosh playing, you know, uh, what you call him, Cliff Robinson ball. Like, it's blasphemous <laughs> that y'all could, could, could compare, you know, a stretch a stretch power forward like that who's playing out of position at the five. It's blasphemous for y'all to treat this man like this. Chris Bosh was a 20 and 12 guy, but all his whole career, he got to Miami. And I'm saying what? I'm saying was. I'm looking at what. I'm taking a snapshot of this moment, and he's looking a lot. He's looking real cliffy like. And that's that's LeBron's fault, and that's Spolstra's fault. They now, need Justin, to draw some plays to get that man back into his bag. I'm gonna let Justin, you, you said you were listening. Huh, Justin, you, 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 you said earlier you were listening, and I said I like the way Bosch is playing in in these last two games. He came like aggressive he's back tonight. To the old, yeah, he's dunking him. He's, he's playing in the lane. His aggressiveness to the rim. He's giving that big man presence. And what I'm hoping is if they win, that Spolster and them begin to see – because I, my argument is for them to continue this run if they win this series is that he's got to become the old Bosch. And for them to win, and, and the more he can get back to that double-double way of playing, again, games are going to be easier for them if he can get back to that. And that's what I, I began to see. So I agree with you. That was a strategic – Thing that Spolster and then he fell into it. The problem that Bosch has got to do is he got to speak up. And and I think when they got their backs to the wall at the last, do you game, agree it's LeBron? Fault. Do you agree it's LeBron's fault, D. Will? Do you agree it's LeBron's fault? I don't think it's LeBron's fault because he passed a lot. So it's not like LeBron. LeBron gives up the ball a lot. The problem is he don't shoot a lot. So I don't know if that's. I think it's it, it's it's a Spolster issue in the sense that you and I talked about this before. The way that you get someone like Bosch off, and, and, and this is something you can learn from even watching Phil Jackson and what he did with Pippen and some other people, is that what you do is you start to make him the person that's leading with that second unit. And now he's the main offensive call. So he could end game with 20, 20 points and 10 rebounds, but he might have gotten, you know, uh, seven or eight of those or nine of those, his work that he's doing with that second unit as the focal point of the offense. So I think that's part of it. It's not just a LeBron issue. I think it's not just playing these guys together. It's at times featuring them within another unit that allows them to play. And I think that's a more strategic thing that I don't see enough coaches doing to allow for scorers like this to get their moments. And then that also allows for you to arrest LeBron or less arrest Wade in a way and feature sets that feature him down there. So that's something I think Spolster has to start to do to feature him in a different way. Spolster is a creature at a moment. If, if if the other team goes on a 4-0 run, he relies on LeBron. LeBron averages 42 minutes a game for a reason. LeBron gives you the ball where he wants you to have it, whether it's whether it's well, it's, but, it's but I think I think, I think the problem is that they don't have anybody else that you can trust with the ball. So but, their problem is really you don't trust somebody... Mario. Mario been proven well, but, but, he, but, but he's not a, he's not a true point guard. If you if they had a, if they had a true point guard on their roster, 
that they could trust to run. Put like this: if they had Patty Mills on their roster, oh my god, they could do that. They could yeah, do that. And the reason why, back, don't you? Whoa, whoa, whoa! Did you back, just say Patty Mills? I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, this is how deep this is. This is you didn't just say Patty Mills. Let me bring, let me bring it back. This is what I'll say. I'll say 
again, I, with Mario Thomas being the top 15 point guard, I like Justin's statement. You can give me 14 better. I doubt you can give me 16. I, I kind of I think once you get down there, you it's debatable, and I really couldn't give you a, a hands down group of guys who I would say hands down that's better than Chalmers because of what Chalmers is asked to do. Now, what Thank I will you. say about Chalmers is is I understand D. Will's point. That's why I'm kind of sitting back. I'm pulling a CP3. I'm staying neutral, all right? Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I kind of understand D. Will's point in that because you don't have Chalmers. Chalmers isn't a guy, though, that you're going to have run your team. He's a good player. He's a good player. He's a good player in the same sense John Paxson was a good player in the same sense yes. that, you know, those guys that played with Mike were great players. Ron Harper was a great complimentary guard. But you wasn't going to just give him the project running the show. Yes. Yes. You know, you wasn't going to give him the rock to be like, but he's a good player. He's a good player. I still have him as a 16 point guard for sure. But I'm not going to give him the keys to the show. I'm not going to give him the keys to the. I'm not, I'm not going to beanie man him. I'm not going to give him the keys to the beamer. You feel me? He don't got the keys. He's a fourth option. He's a fourth option, man. I agree with you. I, and that's why I'm saying I'm agree. I, I, see, I see where both of y'all are coming from. I think we're talking apples and oranges right now. Uh, talking about Mario Chalmers and Patty Mills and and all this. Patty you know, Mills ain't even in the conversation. For because if he was that good, to me, if you're saying that, I can run him with my second unit. If if he all Justin talking about, I can run him with my second unit with Bosch. Who? Patty Mills or Mario Chalmers? No, Ch- Chalmers. If you he can't, but he's a starter. He doesn't want to run with his two guys. But that's not how unit. you do it. You construct your you construct your second unit. The one thing I did learn from Phil Jackson, the Bulls, you construct your second unit with three bench players and two starters. That becomes your second unit. And the two starters you got are Stephen and Chris Bosh because they get lost <laughs> in the first team because LeBron dominates the basketball. But 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 I would even do it with that way. There's ways that you could mix that as a combination. But you could also mix, if you really want to get Bosh off, you create something that allows for him to obviously be the man. So you that's what you do, and that's your short stick. So you blame his poster. I I think it's part of his development. I'm thinking Spolster is growing as much as anyway. He's a young coach. He's growing. He's learning as much. I, I think he's made great moves, but he's learning through each of these final runs himself. He's he's becoming a better coach every year. And what we don't allow is for the opportunity for people to have this growth. That that is part of growth. Is part of a process. And you're gonna stumble along the way. So I'm not using that as a point of saying you're not here or not. I think that's just part of the process. And the question is. If they're able to win, can they learn from it? And, it, and this is That's what I say about the whole about the whole piece to begin with. And I think D. Will's ultimate point was that. Oh, oh, oh! <laughs> Cornrows got him. <laughs> what are y'all seeing? Got what are y'all seeing? Cornrows. You must got man. Comcast must be killing you, man. Uh, I paused <laughs> it. I paused it a couple minutes. Uh, Ray Allen got dunked on. <laughs> nah, he didn't get done on, but uh, uh, corn, prison cornrows just got an uh, and one. That's Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> I, like Kawhi. I like Kawhi. I like Kawhi. I like Kawhi. I just think he need to cut them cornrows. Anybody wearing cornrows mm-hmm. in 2013? Come on, partner. Yo, you were wearing Kawhi at San Diego State. I, I overachieved and had him in the Final Four. Yeah, they made it to the Elite Eight under uh, the great Steve Fisher from the University yes, of. Uh, Michigan. Um, yeah. Shout out to the, to the Mitten. Um, <laughs> but I had Kawhi Leonard and San Diego State in the Final Four of the year. They made it to the Elite Eight. Won my won my bracket off that pick. Uh, 
Huh. Random thought. Random you, you thought. Got, you, got the, you, got, you got some Kawhi Leonard love then. You got some residual Kawhi Leonard love right there. Uh, I just I just need him to I just need him to work out some cornrows. That's all. You're <laughs> done. You're a professional. Hey, You're I'm an Iverson hey, fan. I'm a fan of the crown roll. Hey, you know AI, but AI wore him during the era where that made sense. Like AI wore him like ten years ago. <laughs> hey, I started that. To be honest with that's you, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? That, that, that there was a time and place for everything. There was a time and place for cornrows. Trying to bring it back. That time and place is past. That time, not like that. <laughs> I mean, AI had the swirl. AI had the swerve to his roles. Dude just got some straight prison roles. I mean, his roles go straight back. No design, no creativity. The braids don't cross over it. No, you know what I'm saying? It's just, it just goes straight back. <laughs> like yeah, like yeah, a dude did these. Is, is it me or Tim Duncan looking like a 27 year old, not a 30 year old? It's like it's hey, like man. Danger Will Robinson. Danger. Yeah, man. Tim Duncan said, and I quote, "This may may be our last opportunity." He's not playing like it's his last opportunity. Tim Duncan got some some gas in the tank. Tim Duncan, oh, he got some Tim gas Duncan. in the tank. He finna he finna dump it out too. He finna dump it tonight. He 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 is going. He, he I, in in our rundown, I said, you know, was this gonna be the game when LeBron went bath so you know where he just went crazy, ate ate somebody's face. Tim Duncan is eating faces tonight. <laughs> can I, can I pose a question? Can I pose a, I know I'm not, yeah. not the point guard on the show. Can I, can I pose a question? Absolutely. D- does LeBron's 3-for-10 performance thus far, granted he's passing the ball well, he's got a couple rebounds, d- does his 3-for-10 performance from the field, and if they lose, does that affect how you view his overall legacy and where we rank him amongst the all-time greats. I can I go first? Go ahead. Yes. Does it affect him where I would knock him out of my top ten all time? No. But it's all his story is still being written. So this chapter, you got to pay attention to it. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Each chapter means something. This is a chapter. It means something. It's going to affect how I view him. Once it's all said and done, you know what I'm saying? Then we go from there, but yeah, it's going to affect how I view him. Absolutely, he's one for four in the finals. If he loses tonight, you still put him in the top ten. Yeah, and and, and, and yeah, I still put him in my top ten. Absolutely, uh, Jerry West. Jerry West is close to my top ten. He was one for nine. <laughs> I kind of compare you know, LeBron to Peyton Manning. Everybody loves him. Everybody gives him all these yeah, accolades, yeah. but he always loses in the big game. Paid many four-time MVP, LeBron four-time MVP. But for some reason, his teams, no matter how good or bad they may be, he just can't quite get right, like Boomerang. Yeah, and I can't argue with that. I can't argue with that. It's just like, you know, and I went all in on LeBron this year. I was like, you know what, I, you know, the brothers got game. When they went on that streak and won those 26 games, I was like, this dude is unstoppable. And then we get to this point. And it's not looking good right now. Things can turn around very quickly. But if they lose this game, I it, you have to. I mean, you can't act like it didn't happen. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You can't act like 3-4-11 and game 6 didn't happen. D-Wills, what you think? I, I, think it, I think it affects it. But, like, when they open up it, you know, there are a number of folks who lost multiple finals. Mike Magic lost multiple finals. Uh, his story is still not written. Uh, I agree with that. But he's got to turn around soon. Um, and part exactly, of it is exactly. the aggressiveness. 
the other people sometimes I lo- like with Magic lost. It wasn't he didn't lose because he wasn't being aggressive. And, and that's the other part thing, though. And, and when people talk about the other guys, and this is where you have to take this into account when you talk about who LeBron is over a long, over an extended period of time and in his career and his prime in particular, is that Magic and those guys that did lose, they lost to rivals. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And Bron kind of has lost to random teams. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like It's not like Magic ran into Bird and the Celtics. Yeah. And other, he ran into other yeah. dynasties, and this is the dynasty that LeBron has run into. But then at the yeah. same time, it's just like, then there was the Maverick situation. And it's like, yeah. how that happened? You know what I mean? And, yeah. and so it's just like, I don't know, man. I don't know. You can't. Before we get into the resistance digital thing, but what, what I will say is is that what this does mean for Duncan, if he wins, he goes into a little room. He's five for five. Mike was six for six. Yeah. And in this game, he got 30. Yeah. So he got thirty right now, three, thirteen yeah. for sixteen. LeBron is three yeah. for eleven. Like, come on, man. LeBron can't be Duncan up there. Tell him I got one more in me. Le- LeBron Duncan can't be up there with, with, with these with these ratchet performances. He's like ratchet. He like loving hip hop Atlanta. He ratchet. <laughs> <laughs> right. We gotta talk about when it's time to look good, but he can't perform on the biggest stage. He's, he's short. We got about fifty seconds. We gotta have to go rapid fire. <laughs> We're going to have to go rapid fire, dog of the week. Uh, I'm sorry, D. Will, dog of the week. we got to go rapid fire, dog of the week. Uh, dog of the week, I'm going with the color of money, Danny Green, breaking the record. Got to give him love. All right. All right. Justin, who you got, dog of the week? Two weeks in a row, we agree. Last week it was Serena, this week Danny Green got to get two and 25 threes in the first six games of the series NBA Finals record, Danny Green. All right, my dog of the week. I got to go with Kanye West. Dropped the hot album again. He did it again. Yes. He did it again. I'm going with Kanye. Break part two? What? You don't like Jesus? Oh, oh my God. We're going to talk about that next week. You got to call back to you next week. You got to break it down. We got to break down the album. We got to break down the album. We got to break down the album. I can't do after hours tonight, but we got to break down the album. I got to sign off. You listen to Real Sports Guys, realsportsguys.com. RSG, Renegade Radio, the People's Radio. Check us out next week, same time, same place. Peace. Peace. Peace.